from Revenue Rhino, I'm Brad Hammond, and this is the Lifelong Customer Podcast. Welcome to the Lifelong Customer Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Hammond, and today I have Abdul from Lexitas Pharma Services. Abdul, it's really nice to have you on. Hey, Brad. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I'm excited for today's discussion. So to kick us off, can you tell me a bit about yourself and who you are, as well as your company and what you guys do? Yeah, I'm head of marketing at a company called Lexitas Pharma Services, and we're an ophthalmology CRO. So we do clinical trials for pharmaceutical companies. But like I said, ophthalmology, all we focus in on is the eye. And I've been here for about a year. And since we just passed Thanksgiving, I've been become very thankful for my eyesight in this last year or so as I've become worked into the details of what ophthalmology really means and how complex the eye is. So it's, it's a really neat uh, organization. Everyone here is a specialist in their trade. Everybody knows so much about the eye. And uh, there's been actually instances where I've had issues in my eye and I got on a call with one of the world's foremost optometry experts on my team and asked them, hey, can you take a look at this over Zoom? It was pretty funny. But yeah, it's a great, great experience to be here. I love it. So how did you get, how did you become a marketer? What's your story and what led to what you're doing today? Yeah, I got into it. Honestly, so I started out in my career as an organic chemistry, so very hard science, data-driven in the pharmaceutical space. And my at one point, I, I realized I either needed to get a PhD in, if I wanted to go anywhere in organic chemistry and stay that path, or if I want to explore other parts of my the, the work world out there. And I decided, let me go back to business school and see what else there's out there. And at that transition from a uh, hard scientist to a business person was very difficult for me. I don't, I can't speak for others, but for me, it was very hard. I was so trained in data-driven scientific methods, which is fantastic. And it's such a skill I still have today, but I had a very tough time making that transition to more, more kind of a, what does the business value mean? It took a lot of time for me to, to learn that. And marketing was actually, after speaking with a number of people in that industry, my career center at the university, marketing became the kind of the natural place for me to go to because one, it was interesting. And two, I had this science background. And back then, marketing wasn't very science driven. It is a lot more data driven today than it has been in the past. So for me to bring in that kind of knowledge into doing things much more strategically and data driven was a, kind of what helped me propel into that industry. And I started out, it was hard. I really didn't know much of what I was doing, I was learning on the job every day. I feel like I'm still learning all the time, but it's a, it's been a great transition for me over the years and never once regretted it, so. I love that. As yeah. we dive into some of our more marketing focused discussion, what does marketing look like for you guys at the company now? What's the overall umbrella? What's What are you focused on, working on? What's high priority? Yeah, so the company's been around for about 12 years, and I was the first marketer to come in. So before that, it was very much based on um, personal relationships between the founders and some clients. So coming in, it was a a blank slate, like completely blank slate. Today, I have one person full-time on my team and a few contractors I work with. But my demand generation lead, he's he's phenomenal at what he does. He's a uh, master of his craft and has helped us propel us so forward in ways that I didn't think he could when, when he joined. I didn't think anybody could, uh, but we're a very small and mighty team. So we achieve a lot with just two people and we attempt a lot. And some of the feedback we've gotten repeatedly from some of the members of the board is you're pretty ambitious, maybe dial it back a little bit. And then we dial it back and then somehow our kind of ambition takes over and we start to push things out again. Um, it's very much about trying to, the thing about ophthalmology CROs, 
to the very niche industry. So that's one of the advantages we have, right? It's not like we're trying to market to the whole world with there's a specific kind of set of messages that we've developed, a specific set of clients at the end of the day, that client base isn't tremendously large. So we can get our message out. Uh, we are competing against some pretty big heavy players out there, some of the largest companies in the world out there. And we can't copy them. If we copy, we lose, right? We're a very small company at the end of the day, about 200 people. And so we have to come really come up with a strategy that's unique to us, that works for us, and that kind of gets around the competition rather than straight at them. And I'd say we've been pretty successful at it for the last year. Absolutely. So you put a poll out on LinkedIn. I thought this was a great idea of what should we talk about on this podcast? What's highly relevant, important? What should we be uh, talking about? And AI and marketing was one of the top things of that play, or if not the top mm -hmm. uh, response. So what's your view of that? Like, how do you, what do you think AI's role is in marketing today? And or how are you guys using it? What, where does it come in when it comes to marketing here? Yeah, the poll was actually, before I go into the AI piece, that poll was actually fun. I was like, let's see, what do people want to talk about? And AI was the top by far. And the best part was people were answering with memes below it about AI, which was pretty funny, I thought. So obviously a hot topic. And let me start with saying I'm not an expert in AI, so I don't want to pretend to be here. And you come here. Um, I'll give you my view on it, my limited view. There are, I feel like there are very few experts at the end of the day in AI. From a business perspective, there are certainly on the technology side, people who are very knowledgeable. But at the end of the day, when the AI that we're dealing with today is about a year old or so, right, from uh, generative AI. So you can only be an expert to a certain point, right, Even regardless of what people on LinkedIn position themselves at. Having said that, I think it has the power to fundamentally over, uh, override and change all of our processes of what we're doing if we do it right. So I have lots of healthy doses of skepticism when I look at AI. I think it's going to really do things differently for us, but we have to be able to think about, are we doing the right things? Just bringing in the sheer to new technology doesn't mean we'll do things better. And I'll give you an example of that. The SaaS world is about what, 12, 14, 15 years old now. Has it improved the customer experience? I was thinking about this the other day. Is my experience today as a customer better than it was 10 years ago in 2013? And the answer to me is sometimes, but in a lot of cases, no. I still have 30 minute wait times. I still go through these frustrating phone trees that make me you know, wait 10 minutes just to be able to get to the point that I want to get to. And they're not providing me any information. And the technology is there to fix that, but our processes are so upside down and backwards that I'm still have the same frustrations as back then. So will AI have that same challenge for us in 10 years from now? If we're not careful about it, it may not solve many of our problems. Having said that, I'm, I'm actually pretty optimistic about it because I think the, the generative AI, especially the generative AI, has introduced AI to us in a way and it's made it much more accessible and useful than it has been in the past. So the ability to like digest information and understand it and then provide information back that's relevant and accurate, that's pretty novel, right? If you think about the AI from previous to that, it was mostly marketing hype. Okay, I don't want to name names, but there's certain streaming companies that use their AI to offer you other new movie options based on your movie viewing history. And that's great, but it's really that useful. I could have probably found those movies on my own. And is that AI? Not really, right? It's just looking through the data. And the same with, I'll name this one, Amazon. 
I went and I bought a toilet seat cover once. And what was the AI suggestion for my next purchase? A different toilet seat cover. That was not useful to me, right? So we've got to really wow. do better. And I think the AI of today, that actually has that kind of ability to provide us new insights and new capabilities because it can really understand what we're doing, uh, what we were asking for. Uh, and the, the way I see it really is in two ways, like the, the current first iteration of generative AI, as I see it, is it provides us a much more effective mechanism to get existing information. Uh, uh, whereas the future iteration, whatever the future, will be new value creation, providing new insights, providing new things that we didn't know before. So before this call, actually, I got on ChatGPT here on my phone and I asked it, what are the 10 big, I didn't say 10, I said, what are the big trends in AI in marketing and how will it change the marketing world? And the information it gave to me was, I felt accurate, but it was exactly what I knew already. It didn't provide me any insight. So very efficiently, and if I had done a Google search, I would have had to read three or four different articles to get that, right? ChatGPT did that for me in a few seconds. So that's where we are today and that's fantastic. I think what truly what's going to be powerful is when you provide some new levels of insight for things that you couldn't understand, even realize were issues. There was a very large manufacturing company recently, the CEO was talking about how having data across the enterprise provided him with a level of insight that actually provided uh, the ability to avoid critical breakdowns. So there was a plant in Europe that was uh, understaffed and the system itself actually told him, hey, if you don't hire two more people for this particular role, it, within three months, you're not going to be able to supply the, the critical components for the end product, right? The raw materials are going to run out. So you better mm -hmm. hire those now. And that's true insights, right? The CEO had no idea. And this is, this, it's not the CEO's role to hire people for that factory. He's got people for that. And yet it has the ability to do that. So if we can take that kind of thinking and translate it to what marketing in marketing, I bring it back to the topic here. Maybe it's about campaigns, right? If you run these particular campaigns with these messages on those dates, you're going to get a higher return on investment than if you just do your general things that you always do or whatever you've done in the past. That's where I see AI and marketing truly provide value. On the, uh, and that's on the back end, certainly in terms of personalization, interaction with providing a better customer experience, hopefully, as I said, hopefully, right? Where it can actually answer most of the questions right off the bat, not the way an IVR phone tree does today, but actually truly get to your question that you need right then and there. And, and if your question is that unique and complex that you need a human being to answer, then you don't have to wait 27 minutes. You just get to that person, right? So, so that's how I see AI. Hopefully that's the direction we'll take. I love that. I think the other response to your survey was building a brand from scratch. So high level, if you're a marketer coming into a company today, or maybe you're a founder and CEO and you got to start the brand, where do you start? Like, how do you build one from scratch? What I thought was really interesting about that survey result, the top two were one AI and then the other one building a brand from scratch. AI is brand new novel. Not many people know much about it, right? It's obvious why everybody would want to talk about that. And the second one is brand. How long has the concept of branding been around, right? Eons. And wow. there's so many different ways of doing it, yet it's still the second most relative, relevant question that's asked. So obviously it's pretty relevant, right? My, my thinking and my thinking about brand has evolved over the years, especially coming into a, a company like ours at Lexitas, when a brand didn't ex really truly exist when I first got here. But my first role out of business school, I worked at a company, large uh, manufacturer, and the brand team, their job 
and I want to say this politely, but their job really was you would write something, they would print it out and show it to them, and then they would measure how far the logo was from the edge of the paper. Was it 2.2 centimeters away from the edge of the bottom of the paper? If yes, it would get approved. If no, then it wouldn't get approved. Did you put the trademark after the name each time, right? If yes, approved. If not, and, it, and I was thinking, even back then, I was thinking to myself, where's the value? This is just brand policing. Like, what, what, what does this really mean? And in, in my second job, we actually rebranded ourselves just as I started there. And what was interesting there to me is that, and this is my lack of knowledge, like we did a good job with the new logo, the new colors, very modern and fresh and clean. But we really didn't think beyond that about what does branding actually mean? Why, right? It's not until later when I got to a different company where the, uh, the general manager said, what is brand but another word for trust? And that's when the lights went on for me. I'm like, oh my God, this guy gets it. So with that mindset is where I came into this company at, at Lexitas and the branding was one of the very first things we needed to do. I didn't really look so much about the colors and I didn't really look at the logo, although the CEO said, if you want to change the logo, because he knew I wasn't a big fan of it. If you want to change the logo, we can talk about that too. But for me, it was really like, what are we trying to, who are we trying to be? How are we trying to represent ourselves in a way that's unique for our clients? And that means something. And, and what's interesting about brand is that unlike other parts of marketing and brand, the customer has a voice, right? You can tell your customer, I want, this is who we are. But the customer can give their own description of it and, and their own interpretation of what the brand is. So they may not agree with you on the brand, right? So you really have to come back to what that general manager of past years said is, what is it but another word for trust? And, and for me, um, the way we developed our brand from scratch, this was a 12-year-old company, 11-year-old at the time, but really not very well known. The brand recognition was very low, very niche. But, but we spent time talking to clients, a lot of clients. We talked to partners. We talked to people inside the company as well to try and understand what does our brand really stand for? And then what, do our, what are the people out there who, who know about us think of us? And then how do they actually think about other brands? And then from there, we want to be able to position our brand in a unique way that sets us apart from all of the competition that already exists. And, and it also, the complicating factor is it has to really live your values because you can't just say, this is our brand and here's who we are. The people within your company have to believe in that so that they can live that brand value. So all of that is what came together to, to provide us the, the guidance on, on where our brand is, where, where it just should be. And, and I'm reasonably comfortable where we are today. I think brand is going to evolve. It continues to evolve. And one year in, I'm pretty happy with it. What, what we don't, like, we had very low brand recognition. And, when I, and in fact, at the beginning of this year, calendar year, we, we looked into that and the brand recognition. Now we actually have data on how widely, how well we were known. Within different segments of our customer base, there was some variance, but at the end of the day, it was low. So coming up soon, we're going to do another study on that and see how much more brand recognition we have over the course of this year. Because that's one of our key goals to try and drive growth is we're not going to get RFPs if people don't even know we exist. So, so those are some of the things we've thought about in, the, in our branding. And the other actually ironic factor is the name of our company is not unique. So we're Lexitas Pharma Services. And there's another company in a completely unique space, different space called Lexitas Legal Services. So they do mm -hmm. one thing, we do another thing. So we also have to make, be mindful. And it causes some kind of funny issues, as you can imagine, on Google searches and so forth. You type in Lexitas, you get the wrong Lexitas. And we get people submitting their job applications for, like, when we look at these certain positions we're hiring for, what's going on? It's because of that, right? So we have that additional complicating factor to kindly and 
professionally separate us from this other company that, that we don't want to compete with per se. Absolutely. If you can go back in time and give your younger self one piece of advice, what would that advice be? Gosh, listen, listen to people who have been there and done that, but make your own interpretation. I think one of my pieces of critique back is I listened, I actually felt I did a good job of listening, but everybody has a different perspective. So I'm listening here and running this way and I'm listening there and running that way, right? If I could just gather all that information and make my own kind of path forward on it. Eventually I started going down that route, but that's, I think I could have done that much sooner as a, young, at a younger professional stage of my career. Absolutely. Any remaining words of wisdom as we close the episode here today? Uh, network like your career develops depends on it because it really does i started networking in earnest a few years ago and my career has taken off since then i can't speak highly enough of how that how much uh, impact that's had i think the as you you want to network before you need a new job because if you're networking while after you need the job that's a very different situation it's very much more stressful and not as fruitful so just absolutely make an effort on that so, absolutely Abdul, it's been amazing to have you on thanks so much for joining the podcast today and sharing all your wisdom and insights i love being on here thank you so much absolutely